0: That is how you segue to Pam Maldonado. That is the only way that you can go from mushrooms to golf, but that is what we're going to do. 43 of the top 50 players, Pam, uh, in this tournament. Let's start big picture, as we always like to do. Set the course for us, set the scene. What's, what's it going to look like?
1: Well, there is some expected wind this weekend, and if you have wind at TPC Sawgrass, it does make the course very difficult because there's bunkers, there's mounds, water hazards, trees. It's very narrow fairways, so if you miss it, you're going to be in the rough. Um, I mean, there's a reason why the average penalty for missing is half a stroke. That's the fourth biggest differential on tour and your iron shots it's the fourth toughest on tour because these are tiny greens so it's just a very difficult course and if you add a to the factor so that leaves me looking for players who are good off the tee i need somebody who has a solid iron play and more so it's it's about playing positional golf like are you going to hit your mark do you know when the how to maneuver the dog legs do you know how to handle the wind the situation so experience matters not so much of miscut or what but have you been here is more important to me and can you hit your targets so iron play that's really important well, for this week
2: let's start with the outrights then rory uh the favorite this week he's nine to one plus 900 currently over at BetMGM. mgm you have john rom 10 to one scotty sheffler at the same price then you get like max homa 18 to one some different prices there uh who do you like who are we looking at as far as outright markets this week
1: Well, you mentioned it i have a love-hate relationship right now with rory mcelroy he was he was doing me me really well in the
3: yeah
1: (laughs) you and me both every week when i fade him he does well when i'm on him he does poorly so it's just but i'm back back with him this week um because he's he fits the mold for this course he's top 10 in stroke skin on the approach he hasn't lost strokes with his irons since april of 2022 and even when he did lose, he lost one, one stroke with his iron play. So there's a reason why he's number one in the field for ball striking and TPC, I just talked about how it is just such a ball strikers playground rory should crush this course in theory but then we've also seen him kind of falter off a bit and it's because of his putter i mean he's lost four and two strokes three strokes with his putter in in two of his last three tournaments so he's great off the tee he's a long hitter he's a bomber it makes sense that he can do well in this course it's just can he actually execute so for him i would only be looking for an outright win instead of the top 20 top 10 market um at 9 to 1 but uh, for another player you also mentioned him I love Scotty Scheffler and it's not just because I'm a Longhorn it's because he's so mm-hmm. dang good and there's what, what have we see in the last couple of years? It was like Rory dominating, John Rahm dominating, Scottie Shuffler has been dominating, and there's no course that he really cannot attack. Like, he literally can do no wrong. So it doesn't bother me that he has a miscut and a T-55 in his last two starts at TPC Sawgrass, because he hasn't lost strokes ball striking at the players since the players of last year. So that's an entire year of being like 100% solid with his ball striking, and that's the type of player that I want. Um, And he's bringing it together he just needs to find his short game and if he does if it clicks he's gonna win another tournament soon
3: pam last week justin thomas at the api i just thought his value was great i didn't think necessarily he set up well for the course but there were like 28 to ones 30 to ones out there and i just bet him strictly off of value when you look at the board this week is there a guy or two that you look at and there was a number that really jumped out to you and you're like, wow, maybe just for the price alone that you're taking a flyer on that guy?
1: Terrell Hatton, I've been a huge fan of his all of 2023. He has been doing really good things for me. Every time I back him, he finishes in the top 10. So you can't really argue against his top 20 value. He's getting plus 150 for top 20 and 33 to one for an outright. I feel like a win for Hatton is also on the way. It's been a really long time for him. But, I mean, in two of his last three starts, he has gained 10 to nine strokes ball striking. And that led to a T6 at the Phoenix, a T4 at the Arnold Palmer. But, I mean, he has terrible Sawgrass history. And I just talked about how I'm weighing that, yes, but not so much because even the best of players can miss a cut. And it's just so... And then they moved the tournament to March. So, I mean, we only have two years of data since they moved that he has three missed cuts on a T41, but last year he did finish T13, losing strokes off the tee and around the green, but he hasn't lost off the tee in eight straight tournaments, and he's actually gained around the green in five of his last nine. So there's a huge potential here that Hatton underdog i i mean 33 to 1 and compared to these guys you're talking about Scheffler and rom and rory they're gonna get the attention because this is a strong field but i think hatton i mean he's coming off a really good just really good performances here so he's coming into this with confidence as well and he does well in these uh, big field tournaments he took 13th at the pga championship and t11 at the open so these strong fields he is capable of still outperforming himself so i really like him as one of the longer shots
0: Talking to Pam Maldonado, BetMGM tonight. Uh, what about some names maybe farther down the list a little bit, top 20, top 10 finishes that you might like?
1: Well, Hatton would actually be the furthest on the board that I looked at, um, but I am interested in Victor Hovland, which is kind of crazy, but this is how golf works. I faded Hat Hovland last week, and he ended up doing really well. Um but I had him in a head-to-head matchup against Jason Day, which ended up in a push. But I like Hovland this week, and it's purely because of his ball-striking abilities. He's third off the tee, 16th with his iron shots, top 20 in par-5 scoring, which really matters because these par-5s, you have to be able to make birdies. That's where you're going to get like your moneymaker coming into into play. But the problem with Hovland and why I consider him, even though the odds are shorter, he's plus 130 for a top 20, 25-1 to 1 for a win. I would only consider Hovland for like a top 20 position, even though he proved has proven that he can't finish in the top 10 because his short game is just so bad and it's infuriating to watch him when he's in contention on the fourth day and you just have to go like this when he's chipping because you're like, where is it going to go? And this is just not the course that you want to have that type of situation with. Like the ball is going to roll off the green. And then if there's wind as a factor, uh, it's just top 20 for Hovland is my go to for this week. I don't think I want to handle an outright for him, even though if he can figure out his short game, if it clicks, he's going to win any tournament.
2: Uh, Pam, love following you on social media because I feel like you make me a better person because I see, like, even when you're on vacation, you're hitting your workouts. So when I'm being lazy, I'm like, I got to get out of bed and hit my workout. I just saw Pam doing it, even though she's, like, going to a Jags game later on tonight. What do you... So I did see on Yahoo Sportsbook a little bit ago uh, a prop that you had actually for the 17th hole, the Island Green, and it's plus money. So I tell you on that, I jumped on it really quickly. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I love the prop markets or head-to-heads. Anything else that maybe you have in, like, the derivative market this weekend?
1: Yeah, for the prop, there's only one and it's the seventeenth hole is the island green. It is very intimidating if you see it. It's the most recognizable on tour. It's just this little tiny thing in this middle of the water, and you're like, what do I do with that? It's only 135 yards roughly, but depending where the wind direction is, how strong the wind is, it can you can end up having to hit like 155 or like 120. It's just so dependent and it's gonna change for every player as the day goes on. So the prop that I like is over 55 and a half balls to go into the water at plus 100. It's even odds and it's very difficult. It sounds like it's hard to do, but it has hit over in back-to-back years since they moved the tournament to March, and it's because wind is a factor. You're talking about 20 plus mile per hour gusts on Saturday, and we saw that even one player can contribute to this total. With Brian, uh, what is his name? Brian on he, I butchered his name, I'm sure, but he he ended up hitting an 11. I do it all the time. He ended up hitting an 11 because he yeah. hit four balls in the water Like, yeah. and it was on social media everywhere. That was in 2021. It happens and all it takes is one guy to shoot 10 over and that number should be easy. One day of wind and that should go over. So I really like over 55 and a half balls to go in the water on the island green at even money.
3: I like that. I was watching Golf Channel this morning, and guys were you know practicing on the island green. A lot of balls were going in the water, so I think that's a great problem. There you go, (laughs) Pam. What do you think about the Australians this week? Cam Smith obviously won it last year, but he's not in the field this this year. Jason Day, Adam Scott, pretty good course history here. Either of those guys intrigue you, or maybe like a Lucas Herbert, Cam Davis, any of the Australians?
1: I initially had Jason Day on my long list, but I ended up scratching him off. Even though he is getting plus 140 for a top 20, Yes, that's potentially a good value, but I'm looking for iron players, and he is really solid off the tee, but he doesn't have the iron play. He's lost strokes or has been fairly neutral in like four of his last five tournaments, but he is also a really good putter, so it's just one of those players where there's a lot of good iron players that I would rather look above him, and I know that Jason Day is doing like extremely well. He's behind him, and he has a fifth-place finish, a T9, a T10, so it feels like a win is also going to come on the way, but I just don't really love his course history he had a T-35 two years ago. He was cut last year, and it's because he just lacks that iron play that I'm really looking for, so I would rather just kind of avoid that situation with him. So other than Jason Day, he's really the only one that I would consider at plus 140, only because he's playing so well recently. Five straight top 10 finishes, uh, six, five, yeah, five straight top 20s, four of which were in the top 10. So he is playing well. It's just I want a better iron player, and that's just not any of the Australians, unfortunately.
0: Pam, can't have you on and at least sneak in one or two NFL questions because, as we know, the NFL <laughs> is a year-round sport. We were talking earlier. PJ over here, of course, is a Ravens fan that's very distraught, and I tell him as a Commanders fan, trust me, it could be a lot worse, but the Lamar Jackson saga continues. We actually got new odds today for Lamar Jackson's mm. next team. Detroit is the favorite at 3-1 to now. Tampa comes in next at plus 450. Then it's Indy at 5-1. to and the Jets at 6-1. to one. How do you think that this whole situation finally goes down, given the fact that it's the non-exclusive franchise tag with the Ravens?
1: Well, we've also seen those Twitter questions being around from other players of like J.J. Watt. He even threw one out of like, why is nobody interested in Lamar Jackson? What do these coaches and managers, GMs, know that we don't? Like, is he, like, just a huge douchebag or something? Like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, what are we missing about him? Is Does he have a bad personality? Is he, like, does he, like, steal your food when you're not looking? Like, I want to know these things because nobody is interested. Now, I don't want to see him go to the Lions because I actually really appreciate what Jared Goff did this season. Like, he really – you can make fun of him all you want, and he does. But he's done really well for this team, and it seems like they're just gelling together as a unit. And cohesiveness is always more important to me. The locker room behavior is always more important to me um, when it comes to just how well a team can produce. So I don't want to see him go to the Lions. I would want to see Jared Goff be given an actual full, another full year, get some more weapons, and see what happens. But I mean, it's fun to watch. I'm not going to predict what what happens because, I mean, who knows, honestly. <laughs>
2: Pam, I don't want to put you on the spot. Are you doing anything in tennis uh, at Indian Wells, or are you just staying away from this with golf and everything else going on right now?
1: Um, No, so I am actually Indian Wells. For futures, I did put a little bit on two players on Yannick Center and um, Rune, and they're actually going to face each other in the fourth round of Indian Wells, so that's going to be, and I really feel like the winner of that match really has a solid chance to win this tournament because those are two players, up-and-coming players, that really just have the weapons to contend on this speed, on this surface. Um, yes, it is hard court, but it is like medium, slower. So they just have, they do really well on these slower surfaces. Clay quarters, um, something like Acapulco, Miami, they should be doing well in these types of tournaments. You have Carlos Alcaraz, who's one of the favorites, coming back from injury. You have Daniil Mevedev, who's won through four tournaments straight, it's super hard to win five, and this surface doesn't really suit him, but he does have an easy draw. So as far as the futures market, I'm really just taking like a little bit of long shots on center and Runa. But as far as individual matchups, um, yeah, there was actually one, and it was fading. I'm having to look at my account because I forgot. <laughs> it was Monteo minus three games over uh, Guido Pea. And I'm fading him because Pea is coming back from a chronic knee injury. He's only played five matches since his 2022 BNP. That was last year. So that's just a very difficult comeback to make. Um, and Monteo is very much in rhythm. He's been playing the clay court circuit mm-hmm. as of late. And I'm also looking at Echabed Etch Every plus four games over Andy Murray. Um, I really think this could be just really competitive matchup because Etch Every is a clay quarter who's yep. been a lot of rhythm. He just came off of a final. They're kicking us and off Andy Murray, Sorry, he's literally
0: three So We have literally three seconds. Thank Pam you so Maldonado. Much. It's Bet MGM tonight. <laughs>